Welcome to the Seek First CEO Podcast, a community for high-achieving kingdom women committed to seeking God first and keeping God first in all we do. If you believe you're called to impact the world through your gifts, then you're in the right place. Hi, friend. I'm Heather, teacher turned speaker and your host of the Seek First CEO Podcast. I'm passionate about helping ambitious, servant-hearted women find their worth in whose they are, not what they do. As a certified master neuroscience life coach, I help you connect the dots between biblical principles and brain science so you can take your thoughts captive and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't do surface, so we go deep here and we talk about the stuff underneath the surface because I wanna help you get to the source of your heart set and mindset roadblocks so you can have breakthrough by aligning your heart and mind with biblical truths. If your heart's desire is to grow in your relationship with Jesus, while fearlessly fulfilling your purpose and calling, then let's open up the word together and see what the Holy Spirit has to say about living your life in flow with Him. Are you ready? Then get excited for today's episode. Hey, sister friend. No matter how long you have been on this journey to entrepreneurship, whether you have just started, haven't started, or you have built a seven-figure business, I know that the enemy uses discouragement as one of the ways that prevents us from moving forward. It's one of the strategies to keep us stuck. How do I know? Well, it doesn't matter. In the beginning of my journey of this, I have felt discouraged. And after building eight-figure business, I have also felt discouragement. And recently, I was battling discouragement in this last season. And I want to share with you five ways to overcome discouragement. So first of all, let's talk about that. What is it? So if we look at the word discourage, dis and courage, it is literally a lack of courage. I I mean, you know that it takes courage for you to do the very thing God created you to do. You probably feel inadequate imposter syndrome you you battle that and think man who am i and what if people really knew that i i don't even know what i'm doing or maybe you battle lack of confidence and really what we're lacking is confidence being confident in christ being confident in god who created us and so all of that to say if you have battled discouragement it's a lack of courage why because the enemy knows that if he can get you discouraged then you won't do the very thing that you were created to do which is pushing back darkness and is bringing the kingdom of god more into this world that is our job that is our goal to be a light and the salt of the earth and if you are discouraged lack of courage you won't go into the spaces and places of where god is calling us this is true for me too and as i just came out of this discouragement um i was you know just really journaling with the lord like what is going on here and what what is actually underneath this and i wanted to share some of this so first of all let's just think minus the obvious of discourage right lack of courage there is a dictionary of uh i found of bible themes and what they say is that discouragement is a sense of unhappiness arising from a loss of confidence in one's own abilities in the reliability of God or in the power of the gospel. Discouragement can come in a Christian life, especially when there is resistance to the gospel or in in instances of personal failure. Sometimes we get discouraged when we think we have failed at something. And what does that do? Well, that puts the eyes on us. That also puts the eyes on all that we don't have right if if we didn't achieve a goal or we we feel like we failed at something right we can get discouraged that it didn't the outcome didn't 
come to the way that we wanted it to come. And so oftentimes too, we set ourselves up for failure. Sometimes when we um, think so big and yet we put the definition of success on the outcome rather than putting the definition of success in the action and in the obedience. So another definition, discouragement, this is, oh, actually, this is a quote that I absolutely loved. Discouragement, this is from William Ward. I don't know who that is. This was written in 1989, but I came across it doing a little bit of research and I want to share it. Discouragement is dissatisfaction with the past, distaste for the present, and distrust of the future. I'm going to say that again. Discouragement is dissatisfaction with the past, distaste for the present, and distrust of the future. It is ingratitude for the blessings of yesterday, indifference to the opportunities of today, and insecurity regarding strength for tomorrow. It is unawareness of the presence of beauty, unconcern for the needs of our fellow man, and unbelief in the promises of old. It is impatience with time, immaturity of thought, and impoliteness to God. I don't know about you, but if that does not convict you, then I don't know what will. But the Holy Spirit convicts us for a purpose, and that purpose is to help us to see differently, to give us an opportunity to say, whoa, I have an opportunity here where I can repent. I can turn away from these thoughts, these choices, these things that I'm doing or believing, and I can turn and face God and believe truth and believe the promises of God over my life. And so here is the five steps to overcome this discouragement, this dissatisfaction with the past, distaste for the present and distrust of the future, not believing in God and it's being impatient with time and maturity of thought and impoliteness to God. Let's talk about it. Number one, when you are feeling discouraged, Oftentimes we go to different sources, different things to try to get us out of the mess. Sometimes we do that with food or maybe with alcohol or maybe with people. We try to fill the void of whatever it is in our life with things. I want to encourage you, fill that void, whatever is lacking that is causing you discouragement, whether it's a failure, whatever it is, fill it with Jesus. He is the answer. He is the source. He is the thing. And so spend time with God. Ask him to help you see what it is that is actually causing this. And my favorite way to do that, listen, here's the idea is that our thoughts are constantly going. We have literally thousands and thousands and thousands of thoughts per day. Depending on what study you look at, it'll tell you like, I don't know, like the one that I have in my program, it talks about we have over 70,000 thoughts per day. That, when you break that down to minutes, man, your brain is going so many miles per hour. This is why the Lord says, take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ and to be transformed by the, the renewing of your mind. And so what happens is we have all these thoughts going on in our head that we don't ever take the time to sit down and actually write it out. Journal it out. Listen, there is so much therapy in writing things out. It's why every expert will tell you, write down your goals. There's something that happens there. Well, the Lord showed me in my life that there was beauty and power in us journaling. And it gave me this image of the fact that, you know, when you're writing something on paper, paper is made from wood. And I'm visual. And so just track with me. And that wood, we think of the cross. Like I think of the cross when I think of wood. Maybe you think of all the trees being torn down, but I think of the cross. And I feel like, man, when we get to be honest with our feelings and we get to put it on the cross, every feeling that we have ever felt, Jesus felt. When he came to earth in the form of a man, he felt those feelings. And so he knows. But when we can get honest with those 
those feelings and say, man, God, why am I feeling this way? It is literally the Holy Spirit's job to show us, to give us eyes to see, to give us wisdom, to convict us if we need convicted of some sort of sin. And discouragement really is the enemy's way of getting us to look at all that we don't have rather than focusing on what we do have. And so this is where I, when I sat in it and I journaled and I really got honest, I started writing down, well, Lord, this didn't go right and that didn't go right and I don't have this and I don't understand how I'm going to get that and I, I just feel like I failed and da 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 It really made me focus on all the lack, all of the things that I didn't have, whereas Oh my goodness, I was forgetting to see where God had moved and where God had provided. So for me, that was step number two after journaling brought me to repentance. It brought me to a place that I said, man, I have come into agreement with these, this lack, with this idea that I have failed or that I don't have enough or that I am not, you know, I, I didn't I didn't achieve the goal, especially as an entrepreneur, this happens, right? We don't achieve something and then we get discouraged, especially if we feel like God asked us to do it or God called us to it. We think, well, God, I did what you asked me to do. Like, where? Where's the fruit? Where's the favor? Where's the blessings in this? I want to encourage you today. God's God's success, right? When our definition of success, typically from a world's viewpoint, right? It again, it's like money, popularity, power, fame. Whereas success in God's definition is simply obedience. And we have to make sure that we don't tie success to the outcome, but rather success in the obedience and taking action. That way we know that, hey, I might not see the fruit that I want to see now, but I know that this obedience has sowed seeds into the Lord asking me to do something. And I'm going to believe that whatever that is, good stuff is going to come from it. Whether that's money, whether that's a promotion, whether that's whatever that is, God is going to provide. And when we do what he asks us to do, that is success. So number one is to journal it out. Be honest about it. Stop trying to um, convince yourself that, uh, you know, this is just going to go away. The way that it goes away is when we actually understand the root of it. And usually it's the enemy trying to get into our mind and planting seeds of doubt, planting seeds not trusting the Lord, planting seeds that we have lack or that maybe we're not good enough and the value, we're not valuable enough. And so number two is to repent. And all we know is to repent is to turn away from to turn away from and to repent. And God, I am so sorry that I have been looking at all the things that I don't have, letting me focus on that rather than focusing all that I do have. And so the next step for me in this process was to write out everything that I was thankful for that came to the forefront of my mind in that moment when I was sitting before the Lord. Oh my goodness, I'm focusing on all these negative things, but God, help me to see and focus on the good stuff. And so step number three is to write the things that you are thankful for. What things do you have gratitude for? Because discouragement makes you look at the lack, the things that you don't have. And then the fourth step to this is... The great exchange. Listen, Jesus came for so much more than to, you know, give you a pass into heaven. Jesus came to also get heaven into you. So that as you walk around as the salt of the earth, the light on a city, on a hill, on a city that cannot be hidden, that you, everywhere you go, you bring Jesus with you. You bring heaven on earth as it is in heaven. And so... Number three is to ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you, I, I'm bringing my discouragement to you. What do you have in exchange? 
I'm going to hand you my discouragement, my looking at lack, my looking at failure, my not not believing what God said or not feeling, whatever it is, right? My, my discouragement, I'm bringing this to you and I'm going to lay this at your feet. What do you have in exchange for me? What are we trading here? I'm giving you my discouragement, laying it at your feet, putting it on the cross. What do you have in, in, in exchange for me? And I believe when you start to ask God that, and you can use this for anything, right? If you have anger, you can take this to Jesus and say, Jesus, I lay this at your feet, my anger for this situation. What do you have in exchange for me? And ask Jesus what he has, what he wants to give you as you give him something that is not of him, that is not of good fruit. He is going to give you something else in return. So for me, this discouragement was actually, he was giving me courage to do the very thing that he did create me to do and the assignment that he has given to me in my life. From there, after you get the great exchange, beyond just salvation, right? The last step, number five, is to speak life into your situation. This is where your mouth, the words of your mouth, right? The Bible says that you have the power to speak life or death. Oftentimes when we're stuck in discouragement, we are speaking death into our situation. We can only see we're stuck in a story. We're talking about the negative. All we see is the bad. All we see is the lack. And really that is not living in a state and mind and heart of gratitude. So we're going to speak life into the situation. How can you remind yourself what promises did God promise you? What did God already say to you? And that the enemy is trying to say, hey, look over here. Let's get you discouraged so that you don't keep focusing on the vision that God gave you. Where there is no vision, the people will lack. So step number one, when you are feeling discouraged, take a step back, pause, sit with Jesus, journal it out, be honest about your feelings. God already knows, first of all, what you're thinking. And so you don't have to feel shame or guilt in this. You want to feel like this is you being honest with your heavenly father who really wants to help you. Number two, once he reveals to you something that is not of him, repent, turn away from, come out of agreement with that lie of the enemy and come into agreement with what God has already said and what he is speaking over you. Number three then, write out all that you're thankful for. Like get your focus on the la- off of the lack and get your focus on God. Number four is the great exchange. Lay the discouragement at the feet of Jesus and say, what do you have in exchange for me? I want to get this off. This is weight I am carrying. This is stuff that I'm carrying in my suitcase, trying to do this thing that you've created me to do. And the enemy put this extra dose of discouragement there. I want to get it out. I want to lay it at your feet. And I want to know what do you have in exchange for me? And then the last step is to speak life into your situation. Perhaps this looks like declarations, decrees for you. This looks like affirmations, right? I am statements and God is statements. And speaking life into your situation. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Right? There are so many scriptures that talk about not fearing and not having um, not not being discouraged. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. My paths are straight because God is leading me. 
I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I don't have to understand because I know. These, this is a way of speaking life into your situation. Joshua 1.9, haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Every step I take, God is with me. Therefore, I am strong and courageous. Every room I walk into, I bring strength and courage because God is with me. Every, if you're, you know, in business, everything I touch, I have courage and confidence because I am strong and courageous because God is with me in my business. Speak life into your situation. John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. Yea, believe in God. Believe also in me. My heart is strong. My heart is sound. I have the mind of Christ. Because I believe in the truth of who God is. And here's the reality is that everything we do comes down to really two things. Do we believe that God is who he says he is? And do we believe that we are who God says we are as not only just sons and daughters, but as kings and queens, the royal priesthood that we are? Do we really understand what that means? If we did, our heart would not be troubled. All right, the last one, Romans 8, 31 to 35. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Well, we know it's the enemy that is against us. We also know that the enemy has already been defeated and that's why he's wreaking havoc as much as he can until Jesus returns. And this is his only play against us. He already knows the end sight. So if he can distract and discourage and divide and disappoint us in this season, he knows that we will not do the thing we were put on earth to do, which is to worship God. And half the time we're in discouragement, we're spending time in thinking God is like not a good God. And that maybe he's angry at us or maybe he's disappointed in us. And that's not the truth. That's not the reality of it. So who is against us? It's the enemy. And we have to fight this at that level. So get in the presence of Jesus. Get in the presence of God. Spend time with him. Be honest with him about how you feel. Repent if it's not of God. Write all the things you're thankful for. Do that great exchange with him and then speak life into your situation because we live by faith not by sight and so as you live by faith in the unseen the discouragement is the things you thought you were going to see and you didn't see it but we live by faith and not by sight so father we thank you we thank you that you have spoken courage over us that you want us to be strong and courageous the opposite of discouragement the strategy of the enemy so lord we just Thank you for giving us an extra dose of courage. We thank you for giving us eyes to see from your heavenly perspective. And that even when we don't see it, because we don't have to live by sight, that we can live by faith. Faith in knowing that you are who you say that you are. We are who you say that we are, regardless of what others say or the enemy has spoken over us. So Lord, help us to be honest about our feelings. Lord, show us, Holy Spirit, where we are supposed to repent Help us to be thankful for everything that you have given to us, to have an attitude of gratitude. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the blood that you shed on the cross and that great exchange for our salvation. Lord, we ask you to show us what else do you want to exchange for us. And last but not least, thank you for giving us the words to speak life over ourselves, our situation, over the world, and so that we truly can bring heaven to earth through you and we can be your hands and feet through our business. God, it is all for your glory, all to point others to you, Jesus. We thank you 
you and we give you praise and honor and glory in advance in your precious and holy name. Amen. Hey, sister friend, if this episode spoke to you, I want you to know you are not alone. In fact, this was one of the topics we just talked about this week in the Seek First CEO Inner Circle. If you are not aware of what that is, I want to share it with you. It is a community of like-minded kingdom entrepreneurs who want to seek God first and keep God first in business. It's a community where I am coaching you every week. You're getting workshops and coaching and community and networking, really, growing in your faith and growing in your business. I don't know about you, but when I was starting on this journey, you know, I felt like I could find training on my business or I could find like a Bible study, but I couldn't find both. This is like a combination of both where we talk all about God, all about Jesus, all about Holy Spirit, and we talk all about business because we believe it all matters. It all goes together. The state of your heart is the state of your home, is the state of your business, and that's why we focus on all of it. First and foremost, keeping God at the center. If that sounds good for you, the link is in the show notes. We would love to welcome you. We would love to have you, and we will see you on the inside.